Well, City Church, we did it. It's 2021. Can I get an amen? And all of our problems are solved, right? It's all, it's all downhill from here. Uh, you know, it occurred to me that I was looking through my Facebook memories, and this time last year I did a sermon series where I talked about how to have your best year ever, and it was called Best Year Ever, and apparently no one listened, right? That's what, what got us into this mess. Um, and it's, it's the, it's the time for, for resolutions. How many like show of hands, how many of you guys do resolutions? I know some people do fewer and fewer. I swear all the time of the people that raise your hand, how many have ever kept a resolution? Oh, wow. Everybody that raised their hand. Well, your new resolution can be don't lie in church next year. Right. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You can lie. You can lie. Um, Man, I, my favorite thing to say this time of year is, man, I can't believe it's been a whole year since I didn't become a better person. I think that's most of our philosophy, right? Um, you know, if you're a Christian in the room, and I assume most of us are, if you're a Jesus follower, I, I've got you covered when it comes to resolutions. Because there's, there's one thing in particular I think that, that, you know, we could stand to do more of, all of us. No matter how much you do this one spiritual discipline, you could always uh, do it more. And that's, that's prayer. Pray. If I were to poll the room and ask everybody, like, do you, you know, do you think you should pray more? Most of us, even if it's just out of feeling guilty for saying no, most of us would say, yes, I need to pray more, right? There can never be a, a point where we pray enough. Most things in life, uh, moderation is the key. Even good things like working out or eating cheese, you know, or time with the in-laws. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Moderation is key. Not so with prayer. Like there, 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 there can't be a point where we're like, okay, I've, I've had enough of talking to God. I, I've reached this, this limit to where I'm all good. And most of us need a lot more of it. You know, at, at city church, we, we believe in the power of prayer. Uh, we, we believe that God wants us to come to him and ask for his help. We believe that he hears us when we pray. We believe that he's faithful to answer us. We believe there's nothing that he can't do. And we, we believe that God still does miracles. And I also believe that, that prayer is, is possibly the, the most underutilized tool, or you could even call it a weapon, that we as Christians have at our disposal. I mean, think about this, hypothetically. If you, if you had on your desk at home or work or whatever, you had this big red phone, you know, like old school president phone or whatever, that on the other end, if you picked it up, on the other end was somebody that had all the answers that could tell you what to do, you know, to tell you the right decision to make, that, that could, could lead you into the, the best version of your life, that had the power to change your situation, would you use it? I mean, think about it. If you're a, truly a Christ follower, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You have a direct line of communication 24-7 to the all-powerful creator, God. I mean, he's literally a thought away. You don't have to pick up a phone. You don't have to text anybody. He's right there all the time, always listening. And by the way, he's the only one in our lives that has the power to change our circumstances, that has everything we need, that knows exactly what to do all the time, that loves us perfectly, that wants what's absolutely best for us at all times. And yet we don't pray. Or at least maybe we only pray as a, as a last resort when we're out of any other alternatives. 
So I'm going to ask you a lot of questions today. This is going to kind of be an honest look on the inside, right? We got to, to, to look at ourselves honestly. When is the last time you prayed? And, and I mean, really pray, not lay me down to sleep prayers, not good bread, good meat, the Lord, let's eat prayers. I'm talking about you really, really prayed. Maybe in this last year, you've prayed more than you have in a long time. Maybe the last time you, you prayed, you were desperate because someone you loved was, was sick or you were in trouble financially. Maybe you prayed because it just seemed like it was too late for your, your marriage. You didn't know what else to do. And I would contend, you know, how much differently could our lives look in this next year if we prayed, not just when we were desperate? How much different could our lives look if we prayed even twice as much as we do now? If we didn't wait till we had no other choice, how could it change your relationships if you prayed for them consistently? How could it change your finances if you prayed consistently? And just your, your overall outlook on life, right? Your attitude. <laughs> how could it be different in this next year if you spent more time praying? Today, we're going to look at a, a character in the Bible that is just, he's just my favorite. Okay, I don't know if that's spiritual to say, but he's my, well, outside of Jesus, right? He's my favorite uh, guy in the Bible. His name is Elijah. And I think we can stand to, to learn a lot about prayer when it comes to Elijah. I mean, he is like a superhero. I mean, it's like how they haven't made a major motion picture about this guy's life. I have no idea because it is fantastic. I mean, He's like a, the Liam Neeson of the Old Testament if he had superpowers, right? I mean, here's some highlights of this guy's career. First Kings chapter 17, he raises a kid from the dead. In that same chapter, he prayed for it to rain. He prayed for it not to rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then in uh, chapter 18, one of the coolest moments in all of the Bible I mean, he, he, he challenges these prophets of, of Baal to this contest to see whose God was real, right? You, you've probably heard this story and they build the altars and they have the sacrifices there and he taunts them. He's like, maybe your God's out to lunch or he's sleepy or whatever. Then he prays to the God and fire falls from heaven and just burns everything up. I mean, it's amazing. Later in that chapter, he runs faster than a chariot because God gives him some special abilities. And then in, in, towards the end of his, his life, 2 Kings chapter 2, he, he walks up to the Jordan River and wants to cross. And uh, he takes his cloak off and hits the water and it, it parts, right? And he, he and his protege, Elisha, walk across on dry land. Maybe you thought only Moses had that trick, but he, he did it. And then get this, his, his kind of grand finale, Elijah didn't die. He didn't die. Him and Elisha walked up to, on this mountain and this whirlwind kind of took him up into heaven. He got to skip over the whole death part. I mean, he's like a Marvel character, right? I mean, he's an extraordinary person, except he wasn't. He wasn't. More on that in, in just a second. But I want to center in on this one particular story I kind of skipped over in chapter 18, where I think, man, we can learn so much about prayer um, we're going to be in 1 Kings 18, if you have your Bibles. If you don't, as always, it'll be on the screens. And again, the coolest way to follow along with these messages is to take the, the app out and go to message notes. All the points are there. You can do fill in the blank stuff. All the verses are there. You can save them at the end, that kind of thing. Anyway, so let's get into it. We're going to read uh, the whole story. And, and just to kind of catch you up on where we are in the life 
of Elijah is, you know, the, the huge showdown with the fire falling from heaven. That's just happened. And they're at the end of this period of drought, the three and a half year drought. Uh, and, and Elijah decides it's time for it to rain again. So in chapter 18, verse 41, let's read. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went out and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. Spoiler alert, it rained. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab quickly left for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt, ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. I'll just include that last part because it's super cool, right? So, so that's, that's the story. So I'm going to pull three different things out of this, um, this little narrative here as it pertains to, to Elijah and the way that he prayed. And then we're going to kind of unpack each one. So let's go back to verse 41. So Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now, you might just kind of blow by this, but keep in mind, it hasn't rained for three and a half years. There's no clouds in the sky. There's no forecast for rain. And he's like calling his shot here a little bit, right? Like, you better go. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I mean, people had to think that he was completely out of his mind. I mean, it's an extremely bold prediction. So I think that we can say that he's about to pray with extreme faith, extreme faith. I mean, his faith had to be kind of at an all time high, right? You think about it, not, not his faith in himself, but he's just coming off the fire from heaven thing. So his confidence level in what God is capable of is probably pretty high. And so he's, he's praying with extreme faith. Does, does praying with faith matter as a believer. I mean, we know this, right? Praying with faith kind of matters. Well, let's look at the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 11. He says to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So Jesus is saying here, there's a correlation between the amount of faith you have and having no doubt in your heart and answers to your prayer. It's a, it's a, it's a real thing. And here we have Elijah going into this whole thing of, of praying for rain, just overloaded with faith in his God, extreme faith, faith that says there's nothing that God can't do. He can do anything. So a question for, for all of us here today is when it comes to our prayer life, what is our faith barometer like when we, when we pray? You know, like what, what level of confidence do we have when we pray that God can and will answer, that he's able to do anything, that there's nothing he can't do? When you pray, do you pray with extreme faith? 
Elijah did. So in verse 42, it says, so Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Now, I want you to get this visual here, right? He, he's not just casually strolling up there and being like, all right, God, let's do, let's do this, you know? He, he, he's pouring it all out here. He, he's down on the ground, his face between his knees. I mean, he is agonizing over this prayer. He's given it absolutely all he has. Now, we, we say a lot here at the city, you know, there's, when it comes to prayer, there's no right or wrong way to pray. A lot of people think there's certain words you have to use and you have to sound like, you know, there's good prayers and bad prayers or whatever. Not true. But at the same time, how often do our prayers just sound bored or apathetic? Like most of the time when we pray, especially, and I'm, I'm including my, myself here, especially praying out loud, most of the time we're worried about how we sound or if we're using the right words or what people are thinking about us. I kind of feel like Elijah here couldn't have cared less about the way he looked, about how he sounded. He's laying on the ground, face between his, knee, his knees. He's praying with intensity, intensity, like with everything that he had, like he's pouring it all out. Not a, not a casual prayer here. So this, this praying with intensity matter? I think that it does. James Chapter five, it says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer. Maybe you're like me and you don't really know what earnest means. I looked it up. Earnest, showing sincere and intense conviction. So James is, is telling us when we pray with in, sincere and intense conviction, with intensity, there are powerful things happen. There's power in that. It produces results. So you have Elijah here, not only overloaded with faith in God, that there's nothing that God can't do, but he's absolutely pouring it all out, praying with intensity. So do you pray with intensity? When, when we pray, how, is, there, is there a sincere conviction? Or do we kind of sound bored or do we pray scared or do we wonder how people are going to view us or think about us or how we look, how would our lives look differently if we truly got this one point of just praying with intensity, conviction? Moving on, verse 43. So he's got the faith. He's laying it all out there. He sends his servant, said to the servant, go look toward the sea. The servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said what? It's raining. No, he says, I didn't see anything. Again, put yourself in Elijah's shoes. You had to know, like he's fully expecting his servant to come back and being like, you did it again. You know, it's, it's raining, but he came back and nothing, nothing. A after he's already told Ahab, hey, I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I had the faith to pray with everything I had send the servant. He comes back. Nothing, nothing. Do you think Elijah, I mean, he's human, had a little bit of a moment of like, uh-oh, like, like, God, where are you? And you put yourself in his shoes. Maybe you've even experienced something like this where 
You've been praying and believing God for something and it just doesn't seem like he's listening. Maybe you start to, to question God. Is he even there? Is he, is he listening? Does he even care? Again, I, I got to think that Elijah's having this crisis of belief, right? And he had a, he had a choice. He could have been like, well, I missed it. You know, I guess I was wrong. I guess it wasn't God's will. And so he, he could have quit, but that's not what he did. In verse 44, we just read it a minute ago. Finally, the seventh time, seventh time, this wasn't a slow process. He prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he sends his servant. His servant comes back, nothing. And so he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he sends his servant and he comes back, nothing. Three, four, five, six, seven times of that. He kept with it. Seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud. And, and even after the seventh time, but it ain't like he came back and was like, it's raining. He saw a tiny cloud coming out of the sea. Seventh time. Elijah, I think it's safe to say, prayed with persistence. Persistence. He, he didn't give up. I mean, he kept on. Does persistence matter in prayer? I think that it does. Let's go back to the words of Jesus, Luke 11. He said, so I tell you, keep on asking You'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And over and over and over again in the teachings of Jesus, he, he alludes to this, this persistence. Like, keep on. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Have you ever given up praying for something? Have you ever lost hope and or maybe just moved on and, and stopped praying for something? What if you never gave up praying for that, that thing? What if there had been times in our lives when the answer was just around the corner, but we gave up? How much differently could our lives look if we never gave up praying for this thing or that thing, what would happen if we pray with persistence? And one of the best stories I've ever heard of this, uh, this is from George Muller. This was a, an evangelist in the 1800s and he, he preached the gospel all over the world, but he was famous for his, his prayer life. And I want to read you a quote from him. He says, in November 1844, I began to pray for the conversion of five individuals. I prayed every day without a single intermission, whether sick or in health, on the land, on the sea, whatever the pressure of my engagements might be. 18 months elapsed before the first of the five was converted. I thank God and I prayed on for the others. Five years elapsed and then the second was converted. I thanked God for the second and prayed on for the other three. Day by day, I continued to pray for them. And six years passed before the third was converted. I thanked God for the three and went on praying for the other two. These two remained unconverted. 
The man to whom God in the riches of his grace has given tens of thousands of answers to prayer has been praying day by day for nearly 36 years for the conversion of these individuals. And yet they remained unconverted. It's amazing. But he says, I hope in God, I pray on and I look yet for the answer. They are not converted yet, but they will be. And they were. The final two were converted, but not until after George had already passed away. And still, he leaves us with, with this message. Never give up praying until the answer comes. Don't give up until the answer comes. And you've already seen the end of the story. You know, Elijah finally got his answer. Elijah shouted. He saw, remember, the tiny cloud the size of a man's hand. Hurry to Ahab. Tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. So, what's the difference between us and Elijah? Did you know, and this is a rhetorical question because I know that you know, but did you know that the same God that Elijah prayed to is the same God that we pray to? Like that same God that Elijah, through the course of his life, you know, raised the kid from the dead and parted the waters and brought the fire from heaven and the drought and the rain and, and all of that. That is the same God that we pray to. He's the same. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He is the unchanging God. So what is the difference? You might be like, if you're like me, I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it's Elijah we're talking about here, right? Not me. Elijah, he's a superhero, right? Except that he wasn't. He's just a normal guy. How do I know that? Well, you remember the verse we read in James chapter five about that earnest prayer of a righteous man? He's talking about Elijah here. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, produces wonderful results. Elijah was human as we are. He, he was just a guy. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Elijah was just like us with one difference. Maybe his level of, of obedience, maybe the fact that he was willing to, to pray with extreme faith, like, like nothing was impossible, like he had complete confidence in the God that he was praying to, that God could do anything, no limits. Then he prayed with intensity, like nothing else mattered. I mean, poured it all out. And then he prayed with persistence. He, he didn't give up. I mean, he, he kept on praying until the answer came. See, what's stopping us from doing that with our lives? Nothing. We can live our lives the, the same way. Now, just a little disclaimer, and this is me being honest with you, right? Uh, for a lot of my life, this, this whole thing has been a little bit 
confusing. And there's probably a few of you in the room that have had this thought even during this, this message. But, and this is coming from me. I'm, I'm a pastor that's in charge of a lot of the prayer-related things at our church. But this is one of the things I kind of had trouble with for a lot of my life. And it's this. On one hand, it says, ask and you receive. Keep on asking, right? And you'll receive. Keep on knocking. The door will be open. And then the other words of Jesus where, you know, if you have enough faith, if, if you have no doubt whatsoever, whatever you ask, you're going to have. But then on the other hand, sometimes it's not the answer we're asking for. Or sometimes it's a no, or sometimes it's a no for now. And not even just for us. You look at, at, at people like, for example, Paul, one of, the, one of the fathers of the faith, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, he has this thorn in his flesh, like this, this difficulty that he was having. And he begged God that it would be removed. And it wasn't. Maybe the, the most powerful example of this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. In, in, it's at the very end, right? And he, he can see what's coming at him. He's about to be betrayed and abandoned by his very closest friends, the people that he loved the most. He's about to be humiliated, falsely accused, beaten, tortured. I mean, excruciating death on a cross and it's coming right at him and he's in the garden he's on his knees and he's begging God please take this cup from me he didn't want to go through it but he did so I mean my my brain's kind of working overtime here like so 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 what are we supposed to do Sometimes when we pray for healing, someone still dies. Sometimes when we pray for people we love that turn to Jesus, they, they still keep running away from him. Sometimes we, we don't get our answer. So, so then, then what? So do I keep praying until I get the answer I want? Or do I just accept the way it is? It's got to be one or the other, right? I contend that the answer to this question is yes. Yes, we should keep praying until we get the answer we want and we should also accept the way it is. It, it's, it's one of those both and situations. It doesn't have to be an either or. Because Paul, when he prayed for that thorn to be removed, it wasn't. But then he goes on to talk about how God used it and how much he learned and how much he grew. Jesus as he was in so much torment, he was literally sweating drops of blood, begging God to take this cup from him. How did he end that prayer? God, let this cup pass from me, but your will be done. He, he prayed for the answer he wanted, but he trusted God. Enough to say, I'm, I'm going with you. see, the purpose of prayer isn't just to, to bend God's will towards ours. It's to bend our will towards his. Ultimately, we're not out to just change God's mind all the time. The purpose of prayer, and this is one of the things you'll find the more you pray, the more you feel your heart just kind of leaning towards him, bending towards his will. Perfect faith isn't faith that 
moves God. A perfect faith is faith that moves us to trust God even when it seems he's not moving, even when it seems he's not listening. Trust, keep on praying and trust. That's where we live in that messy middle area between the way God intended it to be and the way it is in this just broken, messed up world. We're just left in the middle doing our best to to trust him through it. So does God want us to ask for his help? Absolutely, he does. Can God do whatever we're asking? Yes. Does he have a perspective on our lives that we don't have? Yes. And does that sometimes mean we won't understand things the way he does? Yes. Does he want what's best for us? He does. Well, that's, that, that, well, that best sometimes not make sense to us. That's, that's, that's true. Sometimes it won't. But ultimately, is he still worthy of our complete trust? Absolutely he is. Because that's who he is. It's not just how he is. It's, it's who God is. He is ever faithful, completely trustworthy, incapable of letting us down. He is all good all the time. So as we we move into this new year, here's what I want us to see. The only thing keeping God from moving in your situation is your willingness to ask for his help. That's it. The only thing keeping God from moving in your situation, whether that situation changes or he changes you, whatever it is, the only thing keeping him from moving is you asking him for help. You, You gotta be willing to ask. Not just when you're, you know, a last resort and you're desperate, but making it a habit this year of praying, asking for his help, praying with faith, intensity and persistence. So what, what do you need to, what do you need to do in response to, to what we're hearing? Cause you know, I, I believe all of us have, have a, a part to play in this. I know I do. That's one of the, reasons I wanted to even share this. this is something God's been stirring to me. I want to up my prayer game in 2021. How many times do you say on Facebook, little prayer hands or text or whatever, I'll pray for you, I'm praying for you, and you just don't? Man, I'm guilty of that. You know, prayer, prayer hands don't equal pray. <laughs> so how do we need to up our prayer game in 20? What do you need to do in response? Who do you need to start praying for? What do you need to start praying for? Here's a question. What have you given up praying for that God's stirring you to start praying for again? What area of your life needs a miracle? Maybe there's an area of your life where you're like, you just see no hope. You're discouraged. Are you praying? Are you praying, believing that there's nothing he can't do? What could change in your life in 2021 if you would just start praying? I mean, how much different could your life be? Again, yes, he'll answer prayers, but even just the change in your heart and your attitude and your outlook on life and your situation, that's worth it right there to start spending time praying. But maybe today we just need to back up and maybe you're here and you're one that you just need to start getting real, stop playing games, 
Like you need to start a relationship with Jesus. You know, when he was in that garden, sweating blood, moving ultimately towards his death on the cross, that was for you. That was for me. He, he died for us. God, God sent him. That's what scripture tells us is, you know, Jesus is pouring his heart out in the garden. And it says that it was God's will to crush him. Not to, not to just punish Jesus, right? But to punish him for us, that he took our place. We were the ones that deserved to be crushed, to, to, to die. But Jesus lived that perfect life. He, he took our sin upon himself. He died on the cross. So then now we have that opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. Man, if you don't have one, a relationship with Jesus, what are you waiting for? Like, let's not waste another day of 2021. Let's, let's get that right. Just put your faith in, in, in Jesus, what he did for you on the cross, not in yourself. You're going to figure it out one day or you're going to be good enough to, to get into heaven. It's not going to work. Put your faith in Jesus today. And then for all of us, let's, let's, let's step it up, man. Let's, let's use that, that weapon we have at our disposal, that direct line of access to the creator, God. Let's pray like we've never prayed before. So I have some practical ways that you can respond. First, everybody's on social media, right? Post this. If you want to do it right now, do it. Maybe God's stirring in your heart, something you need to start praying for. In 2021, I'm committing to pray for what? My, my family, my, my relationship with my spouse, my finances. How about our country? How much different would our country look if every believer prayed like Elijah? You think it wouldn't make a difference? So maybe you need to start praying for something. Maybe commit to, to attend city nights twice a month. That's, that's an easy first. Like we're talking about next steps in prayer. I'm not saying go from zero to Elijah or you're a failure, right? I'm saying, what's your next step? This could be a good one, right? We, every two, every Wednesday night at six 30 in the back, we, we pray and we worship. We, you know, we pray for our church and different ministries in the city. We pray for, for each other. It's a great next step in prayer. And maybe you want to volunteer. Oh, I'm sorry. Daily Devos is next daily Devos. You're going to hear a lot about this in the next few weeks. We have it in our app, Daily Devo, a little icon. It's day by day. If you need some structure, you need like a, a little boost. This is, this is for you to help you pray more consistently, build it into your schedule. And then finally, maybe you want to volunteer in prayer. Intercessory prayer, that's a, a volunteer opportunity. Right now, you can open your phone and, and you look at the different ministries. You can volunteer on our app. This is one of them. Intercessory prayer right now in a room behind this giant organ, there's people praying for you right now and for me, that God would move in our service. It's a great way to, to serve in prayer. Prayer teams, we talk about these all the time. During worship, we'll have prayer teams on the side. You know, you can, you can volunteer to pray for people that have needs. And you may be like, man, I could never do that. I don't know how to do that. Well, we have prayer trainings that we, we teach you. So what, what's your, your part to play? And as we as we close, we're going to end a little different than we, we do on Sundays normally. This is something we do a lot at City Nights. And just being up front, it's going to take some, some humility, some vulnerability, some boldness from your part. No one likes to admit that we don't have it all together, that we need something. 
But I'm going to ask in a minute if, if any of this hits you at all, if it's stirring inside of you, like, man, that's me. I need to, to up my prayer game. And maybe it's in, you know, responding in one of the ways we just talked about, or maybe it's just in general, uh, you don't know what it looks like yet, but you just want to pray more. I'm going to ask you to, to stand in a second so we can pray for you. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to sing. And I, I would just encourage you, don't make this one of those things where you leave and you're like, man, I was so inspired by that. And then nothing changes. Um, there's nothing to it but to do it. It's not going to happen on accident. It's not going to happen by you know, some magic or whatever. God's not going to force it on you, like make you pray. It's up to you. So if that's you and you want prayer today as we close, we want to pray for you. So if, if you in 2021 are feeling stirred, you want to start praying for something specific, just be more committed to prayer. I want to ask you to stand up so we can pray. Awesome. Awesome. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these guys that are standing. And we ask that you stir their hearts. God, give them a burning desire, a passion for prayer. I pray that they would do whatever it takes to, to be reminded to pray with a note card, a, um, just a, a, some kind of accountability system. I, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would help us all to, to take that next step this year. God, we, we want to to see what's possible if your children would would pray like with extreme faith, like there's nothing you can't do and intensely, like we pour ourselves out in prayer and that we would never give up praying with, with persistence until we get the answer that we're looking for. All the while, God, trusting you. God, we can't wait to see what you do this next year. And we know the only thing holding us back, the only thing keeping you from moving in our situation is our willingness to ask for your help. So we're doing that now. God, help us. And we invite you into our lives, not just the big things, but all the things. And not just when we're desperate, but all the time. Because we know that you love us. And we want to follow you. Amen.